High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. I'm joined now by Douglas Murray, author of The Strange Death of Europe, Immigration, Identity, Islam, published by Bloomsbury Press. Douglas, welcome to the programme. It's very good to be with you. Thank you for having me. Now, when I first read about your book, um, I assumed it was written by an American. Uh, Mm. And therefore, I was surprised to discover that, of course, your British associate editor of The Spectator and associate director of the Henry Jackson Society and a number of other issues. The book, which has a very negative viewpoint about Europe, as the title suggests, The Strange Death of Europe, it's about the flood of migrants into Europe, and you're very negative about it. So make your initial pitch anyway. Well, I'm negative about it because I think the facts are negative. Um, The book centers on the 2015 migration crisis when Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, famously uh, opened the external borders of Europe and allowed the world to walk into a continent whose internal borders had already been taken down. Uh, So it focuses on that year when Germany alone added about 2% to its population in just that year. Um, But it also talks about the story up until that moment. And I think the story going forward, I mean, every single day in the news now, you see more of what I was describing in this book. Uh, 12,000 people arriving in a single weekend on the Italian islands, uh, the Italian authorities falling out with the Austrian authorities, troops being sent to the the Austrian-Italian border, the German authorities saying yesterday that there would be no upper limit on the number of migrants coming to Germany this year. This is, I think, for short term and in some ways decent reasons, uh, this is the creation of a long-term catastrophe. The interesting thing about your book, because if you write a book, as you've done, about immigration, identity and Islam, you're going to get very conflicting views. So you get views that think your book is really well-researched, well done, well-written, and then you get critiques which say, no, this is a whole load of horse manure. For instance, Douglas Murray's view on Scandinavia is actually all wrong, that uh, the rape crisis that Douglas Murray, you talk about in Scandinavia is actually the Scandinavians have changed their statistics about the way they report rape and therefore Douglas Murray is wrong. Yes, I I love this one. I mean, as we know, for many scandals such as the Rotherham scandal in the north of England over the last decade and others, one of the things people are least willing, we're, we're all very used to talking about the upsides of migration, and there are upsides, I concede that, I talk about that in the book, but we're very reluctant to talk about the downsides. Take an obvious case, uh, Norway, uh, two years ago, uh, every single grab rape, as they're called in Norway, whereby a stranger grabs somebody off the street and rapes them, every single one in the Oslo area was committed by a migrant. Now, that is a horrible and awful statistic. And there are only two things you can do about that. You can either claim that those of us who pointed out uh, um, are lying or making up the statistics, which is hard to do because they're the police figures, or 
uh, you say, okay, look, we've got a problem. I mean, God knows how many of our, of our problems in our collective cultures and our respective countries have we looked back on and said, if only we'd have confessed to that at the time, if only we'd have recognized that at the time and dealt with it, we wouldn't be in the okay. mess we are in down the road. And I'm afraid that's what Europe and migration at the moment is at. We don't want to admit to the downsides. Well, I'm not familiar with the statistics in Norway, but the thing that I am very familiar with, because it got so much coverage, was what happened in Germany, of all places, where they're so open to migration, mm-hmm. in, in at their railway stations, where women were attacked by gangs of migrants. So, we do know that it is happening. Whether, whether as your critics say, it is happening at the rate that you're suggesting is one thing. But what we also know about Scandinavia, literally, the Professor Emeritus at the London School of Economics, a regular on this program, Gwyn Prins, only last week told me that Denmark is now making huge changes to its border controls with its next-door neighbour, Sweden, because of their concerns. Yes, the Danish Security Service, um, just last month, uh, said that it's major. The major security threat to Denmark today is from the thousands of religious extremists it says now live in Sweden. Now that isn't a bunch of like crazy Lutherans who've gone off. Uh, that is solely the result of the mass migration of recent years, and particularly of people from Muslim-majority countries into Sweden. Uh, who are, as the Swedish security services already know, posing all sorts of problems. Now, again, I come back to this point. There are good things in migration. I think that they, the, the good points start to get diminished after the, the, the number becomes as large as it has recently become. But there are also downsides. And if, if, if politicians were going to be honest with the public, by the way, the last thing that Sweden needs is more um, uh, migration from uh, of people who have uh, um, no skills for the Swedish workforce and don't speak the language. There are no jobs available already in Sweden for low-skilled workers, and especially not for low-skilled workers who don't speak the language. But let's pretend that actually, you know, there were some jobs that needed filling in Sweden and and so on. Then in that case, if you wanted to be honest about it, you would say, look, for short term economic reasons, rather than train up some Swedes or not train up some Swedes, rather, in order to do these tasks, we're going to bring these people in from the rest of the world. Oh, and by the way, you'll just have to get used to the fact that the rape statistics are going to go up. You'll have a suicide bombing a bit more often than we used to have. But hey, ho, it's all a matter of swings and roundabouts. If they said that, that would at least be honest. Okay, well, let's talk about honesty of politicians. And remember, it's it's a fabulous book, The Strange Death of Europe, because you will either throw it at the wall or flush it down the toilet, or you will read it with great interest. It's The Strange Death of Europe uh, by my guest, Douglas Murray, who talks about immigration, identity and Islam in the mass migration that there is now to Europe. I had a Swedish left-wing politician on the program, a lady who was calling for more migration to the rest of Europe and she was saying we weren't playing our part, the Swedes were, and we should take um, per capita the same number of migrants as they're doing. And I said to her, I said, are there parts of your cities in Scandinavia that are no-go areas for your police, 
and where there are attacks on women. And she said, well, yes, that is true, but we're managing it. And what we have to do is we have to bear with this short-term problem and then eventually everything will be hey-ho, to use your phrase, Mm -hmm. in a couple of years. And we, Irish, British or anybody else, should accept those short-term difficulties of no-go areas in our cities in order, eventually, to play our part uh, for homeless people. The problem for you in your book and the problem for me on a radio station is is that there's a great word that describes you by the people who disagree, which is called racist. So really, the problem for you is that you're a racist and you hate, you have no sympathy for homeless people. You don't care about babies dying on beaches in, uh, as the surf laps over their dead bodies. That's your problem. Uh, well, I would point out this way. You see, the, the people like your Swedish uh, uh, guests the other week uh, seem to think that they can save the entire world. And that the best way to save the entire world that is basically everybody in Africa, um, uh, most people in the Middle East, uh, most people in the Far East, is to invite them into Europe. And I think this is going to capsize Europe. I don't think we are this, this place where everybody in the world can come. And you see, one of the, the downsides of this, as it were, and by the way, the, the term racist, which this, I haven't actually been accused uh, uh, so far with this book, of being, because among other things, I, I, I write some length of the, the travels I've had, not only in the countries that people have come from, but when they arrive and my conversations with literally people who've just got off the boat in the uh, southern entry points of Europe. Uh, and I don't think that the accusation of cold-heartedness, as it were, is possible. Um, I simply think that it, this is a competition between virtues between people who think that it's virtuous to open up our home to the world and those of us who think that the peoples of Europe also have some claim to having a recognisable home in the years ahead. And just very quickly, this whole issue, you know, in Ireland and in Britain, we we are uh, countries which know a little bit about migration. We have had historically very little migration, but the migration we have had has mainly been between our islands. And the idea that um, the movement of somebody from uh, Ireland into Liverpool in the 19th century uh, will have the same effect as, say, uh, somebody from Somalia landing in London in the 21st century is just nonsense to me. It doesn't seem clear to me that the results end up being the same. Well, the point about us, the Irish, I'm glad you raised us, because if Douglas Murray, and and this is hypothetical, but you'll get my point when I make it, um, if Douglas Murray were writing about all the Irish arriving at Ellis Island after Mm. the famine, Right, Douglas Murray might right well have written a book which says the death of America. All these, you know, dirty Irish arriving who can only speak Gaelic, unskilled. Uh, we can't let them in. Isn't that? I, I know you tried to make the point about Liverpool, but the Irish in particular, for whom emigration outwards from our country has been absolutely vital to us, uh, we're the last people to criticise other people who want to come to our country. 
That's very interesting. I have heard this argument before from Ireland, and it's it's what I regard as being a, a part of the same reason why, for instance, Jewish communities are so sensitive about any criticism of any migration anywhere else into Europe. People say, well, look, we were migrants once and so on. I, there are quite a lot of points to make about this, some of which I make in the book. But 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 just just one to begin with is that actually, of course, America is a nation of immigrants. Um, it. it, it it welcomed in the world because it wanted the world to be there. There have been all sorts of problems from it, but America is a, is a government and a, and a society founded on an ideal which includes the ideal of immigration. Whether we like it or not, that is not the case with Europe. European societies have not been societies of migration. The most significant movement in the last millennium in Britain was the Norman Conquest. That shifted the population by around 5%. Uh, in the 1990s onwards, this is before this recent migration crisis, uh, in, in, in Britain, in the British Isles, uh, there were as many people arriving every six weeks as Huguenots arrived from, Protest from uh, Protestants fleeing France in the 18th century in the entire era. We were taking in people and have been taking in people at such a pace that it's my view that this is an unsustainable thing. Now, you see, as I say, just very quickly, there are times when there are movements of people that work. We all know cases of it. Irish people going to America, other people going to America, Scots landing in Canada. These were migrations that to a very great extent worked, but they worked in large part because they were movements of people to similar places. What I mean is the movement of somebody, as I say, Again, a, a French Protestant fleeing France in the 18th century, going to Protestant, as it were, um, England at the time, was a recognisable movement. Why do we pretend that the movement of an Eritrean to, to Norway is, is something which is similar to that? It, the, the only thing in common is somebody moving to another place. But everything else is going to be different. It's bound to be, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I have to say, uh, Douglas Murray, who is my guest, his book is The Strange Death of Europe, published by Bloomsbury. Uh, you have to buy it, really. You have to buy it to hate Douglas or you have to buy it to love Douglas. But either way, um, you'll probably be enthralled by the whole book. Douglas, every good wish with the book and thank you so much for joining me. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. If you have any thoughts on that, of course, you know how to get to me. 53106, cost 30 cent by text.